Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains. This is your host. Today's guest is someone that I met really briefly at a mutual friend's birthday party and we were sitting at a restaurant and just started like going with this very quip and lively and insightful and genuine and humorous and funny and all the above conversation just right off the bat. So you know how you have those times when you meet somebody and something just sparks and you're just like, I like this person. I think I want to talk to this person again and again and again and again. This guest is one of those people. When I met Mahima Mohan, uh, I want to say last year. God, has it been a year already? Yeah, I think so. And uh, we just, we connected, we clicked. And when I decided to start looking for guests for season two, she is one of the people that I reached out to. She is a mental health professional and just really has a passion for helping people, but also has a great sense of humor. So today's conversation is going to dive into a lot of different things at the topic of trauma in particular. So don't be alarmed if you find us giggling and making jokes. It is not the intention to make light of trauma or mental health in any way, but also to just kind of remind ourselves that we can find laughter anywhere. So with that, I invite you to sit back, take a long, deep cleansing breath, get comfortable and get ready to listen to another conversation. Hello there. Hello. I'm so excited. Yay, we got connected. We got connected, (laughs) yes. It's like there's only like so many times, so many meaning not many, um, but there's like a handful (laughs) of times when, you know, someone who's using the app for the very first time is, um, you know, logging on and sometimes people don't necessarily all the way follow the directions um, Mm. as far as like, downloading the app beforehand and then finding my uh podcast and then liking oh, yeah. my podcast because <laughs> the way that it works is like I, it'll connect you with pretty much anybody anybody who downloads the app will mm-hmm. will jump on and connect but if they actually follow me through the podcast it actually creates like a cleaner connection I notice um oh, less nice. glitchy and that kind of thing because I mean it's a pretty I mean, I should clearly be getting paid uh, for advertising this app. But, Seriously? Uh, <laughs> but, not yet. I'm not on my way. I'm on my way. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's it's super clear, super crisp. The audio comes out fantastic, considering that it's all being done over the phone. Right. Um, the sound quality is a lot sharper, more like um, like a FaceTime audio call. And I'm guessing because it's going over Wi-Fi. I mean, it'll work. Mm-hmm off of wi-fi too but it just makes for such a cleaner experience so yeah um there are the times though when people do not read the directions <laughs> and i try to be as like um firm but right. uh gentle at the same time right like a balance <laughs> between like do what i exactly what i said or exactly fuck it up, please, please. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that part so, right. yeah. With a smile. With a smile. A little, yeah. A little, a little glimmer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like some music, maybe third right. guest, all that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All yeah. of it. <laughs> Jazz hands, all of it. Everything. But, you know. So, yeah. So, thank you uh, for following directions. You're Yay. welcome. I'm, I'm good at that because I'm an anxious person and I want to make sure I do things the way that somebody expects me to. So, you get it. You totally get yeah, it. No. You totally get it. Yeah. I am. Um, 
I I started this podcast last year and mm-hmm. um, it really started funny enough from like conversations with people like Tamara and you know another friend of mine Armani where sometimes mm. we would just like go into these really deep dives and not even necessarily intend to go there right and like an hour two hours <clears throat> in I'm like girl we should be recording this shit right I mean, we that. somebody else needs to hear that it's and it's so real <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like that and then a combination of that and then me just spending a lot of time in my car yeah. last year because I was basically like a nomadic little homeless person Yay. and um but it's interesting because I've I've learned to like start to change the language even around that it's mm. because um I've I've <clears throat> had the privilege of being able to volunteer with actual people who are truly living on the street and that was right. never my reality it was mm-hmm. more of there's no place I can go that feels comfortable enough for mm. my mental health. So I would right. rather sleep in my car right. <laughs> if I have to, right. you know, right, for right, this right. particular night. Yes. Um, so I spent a lot of time in my car and would just, you know, have these random thoughts and have these like rants that would otherwise go on Instagram mm, and was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to start recording these with the little voice yeah. memo app on my phone. And then a friend introduced me to, anchor fm and i was like well there you go sounds awesome i'm a podcaster now (laughs) i love it i think it's amazing because that's funny because Tamara actually is the one who introduced me to that idea because i have this happen all the time i my friends and i are in the same boat where we'll just get on the phone or we'll just be hanging out and we'll go down actually my my best friend and i call it uh we just call ourselves perpetual tangents (laughs) because like it's just like We always joke that if we ever had a band and like put out something like that would be our name, <laughs> which we will never do, but we just entertain the idea. <clears throat> yeah, but that's why we like we just are it's like firing off and just boom, 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 boom. And these conversations that just go to these places where it's like, this is good stuff, you know. And when I'm talking with Tamara, <clears throat> she's the one who's definitely been like, I'm bringing a notepad and pen, like I'm going to be recording. And I was like, huh, like like for some reason I never thought about that and then we did we've had a few conversations where I know we've recorded I know we've we've come up with some concepts from it it's Mm -hmm. just it's just cool to build you know it is it really is and I think that you know the world that we live in obviously is inundated with digital forms of communication social media etc texting all that kind of stuff but I feel like there's there's still something that's so authentic and so valuable about like voice to voice conversations Mm, you know mm -hmm. whether it's over the phone or if you get the privilege of actually aligning your schedules to be in person um something good just comes out of it and Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of I was thinking about this the other day um because you know sometimes when you're when you're high (laughs) and your thoughts just gotta go (laughs) And you're like, I'm having perpetual tangents by myself. Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Oh. There's no one here. I'm literally just talking to myself. But oh, um, yeah. but I was having this thought of like, isn't it interesting that we live in a time in the, you know, 21st century, almost at the end of another decade, right. that we crave connection so much mm-hmm. in a way that I don't know <clears throat> if we really craved it before because it was just happening naturally because like kids went outside and played with each other 
adults would be in social settings and actually interacting with each other mm-hmm. but with the onset of technology is like we don't do that the same way anymore absolutely absolutely yeah. and even just the amount of time like like patience like we also along with that technology we're in this era of like instant gratification too mm-hmm. and so i think that I mean, as funny as it may sound, waiting to dial, you know, for AOL to dial up, like, my friend and I would just be sitting there hanging out and shooting the shit, right? While mm-hmm. you're, like, waiting for those things, things, ha- ugh, things to happen. And I think same thing, natural connection building. But here, it's just, like, everything's, like, ding, 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 ding. And it's, like, we don't have the, I don't know, I feel like people are losing social skills. Yes! <laughs> so that is exactly what I want talk to you about today oh well look at that look at that so I wrote down like always write down like a little bit like some notes before I record Mm -hmm. and I wrote down I was like social anxiety digital communication human robots Mm. these are the things (laughs) and then I wrote down like women of color in America just random things all the things all the things but um but no social social anxiety is something that um I've been talking to about a lot with my son who's getting ready to go to college uh, like oh, yeah. next week. Um, oh. But yeah, but before we dive into all that and I have a full on meltdown, um, oh. I want to give you my little spiel. This yeah. is a safe space. This is an open space. This is a free space. Uh, this podcast is definitely a passion project for me. My listeners are very loyal and thankfully I've enjoyed pretty much everything I've given them so far. Mm-hmm. So I invite you to take up as little or as much space as you like as I throw some questions out at you as the conversation naturally moves in what will likely be perpetual tangents. Mm-hmm. Please go on this <laughs> ride with me. And um, I want to start by just giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners tell us your name uh, what you do and what you stand for oh well thank you first of all for the invitation and the safe space and for the opportunity for this um so about myself my name is Mahima Mohan I am a licensed marriage and family therapist um I've been doing this for probably 12 years including some of my you know interning through school um so it's been a journey I've I've had a lot of different experience I do um I've worked mostly with community mental health I've done a little bit of the you know behavioral health services type things I've um, been a supervisor clinical supervisor for about the last four years which just means I don't actually see clients I oversee clinicians who do Mm. um yeah and then on the side um my passion project is that I have co-founded a uh, counseling and training center <clears throat> that's in Long Beach, which is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story is is lovely. I'll try to condense it. But in, okay. in short, <laughs> um, it kind of blossomed from my back. Part of my experience is working at a rape, tri- uh, rape crisis center. And, um, you know, it's a, it was really well run. We were able to offer free services for clients, advocacy, hospital visits, court visits. I mean, we did so much and unfortunately it shut down. And when that happened, um, just due to funding and things like that, Mm -hmm. we were just as a collective, like, wow, what are we going to do? These services were only offered here. How do we continue this type of support for people Mm -hmm. who have experienced these traumas? And uh, we just started meeting and it started socially. And this was, mind you, 10 years ago. (laughs) And we just started hanging out and we kept in touch and we built up this idea of what we wanted to do. And we agreed a group private practice was 
the move for us. And so there's five of us women and we did it all by ourselves. We have no outside support in terms of like financial anything. We put all of our own stuff. We've written all of our own paperwork, our own business plan. And um, yeah, we are wow. thriving. <laughs> that sounds amazing. What is it? What thank is it you. called? How do we it is called, it? thank you. It's called Bridges to Healing. Uh, Counseling and Training Center. Our website is www.bridgestohealing.net. Nice. Yeah. So everything's on there in terms of even just our little story, what our mission is about, um, what services we offer. I mean, for the most part, it's counseling services, Mm -hmm. um, individual and, you know, family, couples, all of that. And we've offered groups in the past. We do trainings. Um, So, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. That's what we do. That's yeah, really cool, you. and I'm excited to to hear about that. I know that um today's the episode that aired today. Granted, when this comes out, it'll be a whole nother day. But uh, <laughs> when the episode that came on the podcast today was um focused about uh, mental health, and the guest was also a licensed uh, therapist and um, social worker, and so yeah. we were talking about. Um, we were mainly talking about like underserved communities and of course Mm. that being people of color, particularly Mm -hmm. black people of Mm -hmm. color Mm -hmm. and recognizing some of the stigmas and the resistance as to like why, um, mental health services or mental health treatment is not being accessible or even being made available or even being sought out in some cases. Right. And some of the reasons that come up, of course, are financial and things like that. But then Mm -hmm. there's also like this added layer of, I don't want to. Um, uh-huh. Yes, and the we don't do that. Yes, thing, yes, and that's not for us, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. So the conversation today was about that. So it's interesting that you mentioned what you did because one of the questions I was asking her was like, what are some resources that are available for people who might have some challenges with accessing support and intervention, but they just they want to, but they just don't have the means to, and. Mm. Um, and to know that there are people like yourself that have years of experience and are professionals in their field and saw an opportunity to say, okay, what else can I do you yeah. know, to serve? What else can I do to make a difference? Because, you know, if I'm not actively seeing clients every day, if I'm in a supervisory position, I'm mm-hmm. still part of this community. Mm-hmm. What's another way I can serve? And it sounds like you guys found a great way to do that. So yeah. that is pretty awesome. What led you in the direction of actually going into therapy? Oh girl. <laughs> oh girl. Like, you're like, it may get in as I unfold my scroll. Is it the people pleasing? Is it the history of trauma? I don't know. You know. You no. Know, <laughs> what's funny is that I asked my I asked myself that question, like, what led you to therapy? How did you get here? What right. one other reasons did you come today? Right, right, right. <laughs> so real. I I think it's a multitude of things. I didn't necessarily have an idea on my direction. Uh, just as I was getting, you know, even in high school and things like that, I really thought I would be into science. I think a lot of that is culturally influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, for those listening, you know, I'm I'm of East Indian background, so just the cultural things, value around education, expectations, mm-hmm. and things like that are really high. And mm-hmm. um, my sister went into med school. Most of my cousins you know typical kind of stereotypical things Mm -hmm. doctors lawyers engineers um and so I didn't really you know think too much into it I knew I was going to college because I knew nothing else was an option Mm -hmm. because again that's that's that piece 
Um, and when I went, I really didn't have any idea. I tried all the things. I tried computer science. I hated it. I tried, uh, <laughs> I did some other programming stuff. I, I was not into it. I tried some, I did actually um, pre-med for a year and a half. Wow. And I was, which I didn't recognize then because I was, what, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and this mental health isn't talked about in our family either. Yeah. But I was severely depressed. I hated what I was doing. I, you know. I was, like, not showing up to class. I decided to bail out on a final. Like, I was just, like, I'm mm-hmm. not into this. Mm-hmm. And I finally just started exploring some classes. And, <clears throat> you know, in high school, we had a little bit of psych introduction. And I had a few classes. And so I was like, well, let me just try it. Mm-hmm. And then I was just, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by human relationships and behavioral things. And I just, I don't know. So I, I went ahead and did my psych major and was still, like, yeah, okay, then what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, then what? what? Now what? Yeah, how about these um, student loans, though? Right. <laughs> and also, like, so I managed to get a degree, but, like, what do I, do I care enough to do something with mm. that? Or, you know, so I took a year off because I, I knew the different programs that I could go into would be either, you know, getting my MFT, which is the marriage and family therapy license, or my MSW, which would be becoming a social worker. Mm. Um, and so I wasn't quite clear and so I took a year off and I did community work and I I worked up in Richmond actually for a year with Mm -hmm. AmeriCorps and we did um, you know youth groups in the community our biggest thing was just trying to get community engagement and talking about mental health so it was actually kind of cool like we were out in the projects at the YMCA's and we were providing dinners and offering parent groups and of course it started with like (laughs) two parents Um, and we just started hanging around in the neighborhood making our faces known Mm -hmm. and just hanging around getting to know people and by the end we had like 15 parents and wow. the whole community was involved we had a community block party like That's and cool. that I think is where yeah it was beautiful actually like just to get community just what you're talking about underserved communities and communities where mental health is just not you know talked about it's kind of or if it is it's got the stigmas attached to it right mm-hmm. um and to just kind of spread that awareness and let that be okay. Yeah. And just working with the kids. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It was just really, really rejuvenating. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is definitely, yes, my path is this definitely is I, in helping people. Yeah. Yes. I have to be working with helping people. And I need to, yeah. And I, I think what I really wanted to do originally was work with children, <clears throat> like young children. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking like, you know, five six like age year old um that age group I'm sorry Mm -hmm. and so I you know went back to school I decided to go for my MFT because from my understanding and now that I'm in the field there you know there's a lot of overlap with social workers and marriage and family therapists and then there are there are just some areas where it's different Mm -hmm. um just the focus of our you know training and education a little bit some of the the job options Mm -hmm. that look different you know the way that yeah things like that so um, I decided to go for my MFT and, because I knew I wanted to actually do, like, face-to-face clinical work, like, direct services. Right. Um, and, yeah, through all that, I did all my internships at all these uh, schools. And I was doing it, you know, elementary schools because, again, I'm thinking I want to work with young kids. And it was cool. It wasn't bad. I was struggling because, mm-hmm. of course, you're learning. And I'm like, how do you connect with these kids? Right. And I'm trying to run autism groups. And I'm just barely learning about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was it was really interesting. And then, funny enough, <clears throat> my um, internship 
ended because of course the school year ends in June, Mm -hmm. but I needed an internship until December. And so lo and behold, the rape crisis center, their training was literally starting the day after. Oh, wow. And I was like, no, that's not the direction I'm going. What I was looking for. It's a little intense. Yeah. I don't think to I go from kids like oh, right. I don't know my right. name to right. <laughs> trauma victims every day. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And like deep, intense trauma that I, yeah. I even I was not even my mind did not would not have ever fathomed the things that I've heard. Mm. Um and so I mean, but at the same time I'm like, oh my God, I gotta graduate. I got you know, so it's like, well, here we are. Mm-hmm. And of course my, you know, teachers are like, well, you, you do need a variety of experience though, to even learn your niche and to learn your skills and things. And I was like, all right, here we go. And in that training and that experience is where I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is the work that I love doing, even though it was like really, really hard. And I had my days where I definitely was like, I'm not cut out for this. It just, everything shaped together. So, like, it made me feel like, you know, along, you, you kind of asked me what led me here. Mm-hmm. So, I think all those different things along the way was like, yes, first, it's I definitely want to work with people and help people. And I want to, um, you know, bring my awareness to mental health issues. And mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, the community work and getting to certain populations. And then understanding trauma and recognizing how much that's linked to those communities, too. Right. And then doing that trauma work. And it's, yeah, so, like, just all of that built on top of each other to bring me to yeah to wanting to be yeah, yeah yeah wow it's yeah. it's a trip <laughs> it's a trip because it's like when you have like i think it's a deeper calling you know kind of like on your heart on your life that says i want to help people it kind of mm. starts like simple with that i want to mm-hmm. help people yeah, and then you exactly. start to explore different avenues and you're like i want to help these people and those people and those people and dang those people really need help what about them oh those people too and it's like yeah. okay how do i just help everybody all at one time okay i can't really yeah. do that so you yeah. find yourself maybe moving through different avenues where you're kind of like honing your your skill or honing your focus and then also oh, yeah. picking up extra skills along the way that are definitely going to help you be able to be in a position of service because Mm -hmm. you never know who's going to come and sit down across from you and have that conversation. You never know someone's whole story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, um, over, I would say maybe like the last five or six years since I stopped working in sales have Mm -hmm. had this, you know, this little thing on on the back, back, back of my mind, like, what if I decided to go to school and actually become a therapist? What if Mm -hmm. I did that? Because, Mm -hmm you know, went into yoga teaching and, you know, started doing coaching and started doing the things that I do. And just having that, again, that natural desire Mm -hmm. to help people. Um, But then also like what, not sure what that was going to look like for myself, you know, not sure where I wanted to focus and kids are cool after about a little (laughs) while. And I'm like, Ooh, mm, what are you going to grow up? I am definitely not like the friend who people call when they want a babysitter. Definitely not me. Um, I think that the universe was like, ha ha ha, here's a kid. I was like, what am I going to do with this? Totally. (laughs) Do they grow up overnight? Please say they do. Um, I don't know what I do, but like, you know, but I love teenagers, you know, like, Mm, and I know other people are like, teenagers Mm -hmm. are, but I'm like, oh, I love them because, you know, they just, they're at that full expression of their personality and not to say that it's not present when they're younger, but a new teenager, different. yeah, it's different. <laughs> a new teenagers was like, okay, if I was ever going to work with kids, it's going to be them. And yep. then I started teaching yoga and was teaching adults and young people mm-hmm. and little kids. And in between, I found that all my classes ended up being women. 
all of them. Mm-hmm. And very few men really practice yoga anyway in the United right, States right. Um, because they're not, you know, they're not there yet, but they're getting there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I noticed that I was kind of naturally attracting the people that I was meant to serve. And I think that when you kind of just set that intention and you kind of open yourself up, like here, I know what I want to do, mm-hmm. just bring, just bring me the people and, mm-hmm. and they have continued to come. And so anytime that I have these thoughts of like, oh, maybe I'll go and explore this um, more clinical, you know, training mm-hmm. um, in my heart, I do feel like there are people who, who just have some magic in them you know what I mean Mm -hmm. some ability Mm -hmm. and I think that when you recognize that in yourself and you decide to take the steps to be able to go and put yourself out there to be of service to others it really does feel very fulfilling you know Mm -hmm. it feels very you know purposeful where it's like I'm here I'm not just living I'm actually thriving like you said or building Mm -hmm. organizations that help other people thrive Mm -hmm. and it's got to be like a good feeling you know at the end of the day we're like I did some good shit today I'm a good person. I know, my my heart is full. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure it does. And you know, it's interesting because just as you were saying, like you've attracted the people that you know you're meant to, you know, heal, work with, guide, whatever it is, right? Support. It's like the same for me too, though. How much of it is a parallel process? Like it's so fascinating um, how many times just you know, working with a client throughout what they're going through. And even though our experiences are completely different, the challenges that are coming up that they're dealing with or the way that we perceive it or that our reactionary things, like it's just, it's so interesting because I'll be talking out loud and saying things that I'm like, man, this is relevant to me. Yes. Oh, it's (laughs) always the case. Always the case. I literally feel like any time... Anytime I'm in one of those like conversations or even just in a class mm-hmm. where, cause oftentimes when I'm teaching, I have like a, like a meditation portion mm-hmm. of it and I'm just, or throughout the class, I'm just kind of dropping gems, you know, what's up to the LBC sirens? Hey. I know. I was like, uh, sorry. <laughs> I miss it. There are no sirens where I live. It's too goddamn quiet here. Sometimes Hilarious. I'm like, somebody said something on fire or something. Uh, I know. But, I'm so used to it. But then, of so course, for I. this, I was like, oh, no, shit, of I'm course, right now. Too, but I was like, wow, I forgot that I missed what that sounded oh. like. <laughs> Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. The things we get used to, normalizing trauma. Uh, right. <laughs> and laughing about it. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, but honestly, which it kind of brings you to my point, which is this yeah. idea that um, sometimes it feels like, and this is not, I have to put this disclaimer, this is not in any way to minimize the severity that uh, trauma experiences can create emotional 
you know, mm-hmm. just destruction. I recognize of course, that. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. also know that for me, that if I don't find the way to laugh about it, right. it's going to be, it's going to be a sad situation. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's, I write, I realize that, you know, there's a difference for me between avoiding the feelings and covering everything with humor and mm-hmm. feeling the feelings, getting on the other side of it, getting complete about it and being like, look at that shit. Do you know that shit happened over there? Now I can mm-hmm. laugh about it. So for me, being able to laugh about stuff, you know, comes, comes later, but um, I yeah. was, I was oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like it comes a little, a little bit later, but what I was noticing about laughing about stuff and kind of like uncomfortably laughing about stuff is I was um, out recently in a social setting and my partner's in the Navy. And so we mm-hmm. have to go to like military shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like going to military shit <laughs> for multiple reasons. One, I'm black. Two, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm not in the military. And so all the thing, all that <laughs> valid pause and let that sink in. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anytime we have to go to military stuff, I have to like psych myself up mm, to yeah. go because yeah. I wasn't even aware that I have a little bit of anxiety in social spaces. Mm-hmm. I have anxiety because I think, you know, the world, um, yeah. you know, that kind of anxiety. And then like, you yeah. know, black people anxiety and like women anxiety I have all those like mm-hmm. regular anxieties. But then I have this like social anxiety yeah. where when I'm going to go into this particular space, um, I just feel like I got to think of the right thing to say. I got to make sure I don't say yeah. this. I got to make sure that. And I noticed for me is that when I get uncomfortable, I just start laughing. Mm-hmm. And they haven't necessarily said anything funny. Or I try to make a joke about whatever it is they're talking about because I really don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I know we were kind of touching on this earlier, talking about how social skills are kind of lacking a bit in our world today and I want to know in your opinion Mm -hmm. what do you think are some of the biggest influencers on that Hmm. I well going back to kind of what we were talking about I I do think it has to do with just like societal culture in general right now with like the technology social media like it's and it's such a trip because I'm not that old you know I'll put it out there I'm 36 Mm -hmm. and I feel like I remember growing up without all of that stuff and feeling like I can see the difference now, especially working with this population. I work with kids all the time. So just seeing the development, the things that are changing, like I was not doing certain things at 12 that are happening now that I'm like, oh, wow. Um, And I think it's like there's it's so weird because there's this like like for our kids, they're so advanced because they're exposed to so much, but they're not ready for it. No. And their brains and their, like, they're just, they're just not there. And so there's this, you know, false maturity that kind of comes really early on, but they don't even have the understanding nor the comprehension around just, you know, so then they lack confidence too. And they're reliant on all these sources of validation, which is, I mean, not just kids, but I think it's really heavily influencing our kids Mm -hmm. um, of like the likes and what you're posting and, um, you know, just how the way you dress and your style and fashion and how it's just like all of it, the sexuality, just so much that they're burdened with. And I think that, you know, then we have, so they're all in their phones, mm-hmm. you know, everything's about a post, nothing's really real time. And so how do you just sit mm-hmm. and connect with somebody and talk about it? And I think the other thing is with technology, um, and like I said, this isn't just for kids. I, mm-hmm. I kind of focused on that for a second, mm-hmm. but just in general, right? I mean, 
it's it's so much easier to do things behind that phone or computer. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. I mean, I can post whatever. I can post this, you know, flashy picture or um, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, say whatever's on my mind and feel like whatever. I mean, bullying is happening that way and stuff like that, too. So it's just it's it's like safer, mm-hmm. but it's not real you're not dealing with the real-time reaction Mm -hmm. and so people have time and space to think about what that response can be planning for it how should I text them how should I do that like you know but it's like when you just sit a person across the person all of a sudden they're like ain't no emojis this like right you can't right right actual words there is no uh, autocorrect uh there is none of that Mm -hmm. you have to use actual words you have to actually talk and Mm -hmm. and i was as i was listening to you i was thinking of um the black mirror have you seen do you watch i have seen a few episodes and i saw the one about the social girl so like just the other day i was thinking about that and I was like, because I found, because I, 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 like you said, it's not just the kids. And as much as I want to be like, yeah. this generation is us. I know. It's all, it's all of it's us. It's all of us. It's everybody right, right, right. right now. It's everybody. Um, everybody who has tech, everybody has a cell phone. <laughs> it's all y'all too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I recognize one of those moments where um, I had a guest on the podcast uh, last week. And this is someone who, as a social media influencer, has, you know, over a million followers and is kind of mm. a big deal in the yoga community. And okay. I found myself so fucking nervous about talking to her. Like, oh my God, what am I going to say? It's like, I'm going to interview Oprah. She, I mean, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's not Oprah. But even <laughs> if it was Oprah, it's like, right. she's just Oprah Kijan. I mean, she's a big deal, but she is a human being just like right. you. Right. So right. something happened with social media mm. that definitely did create almost, I'm sure there's like some very fancy word for it, but it created like this feeling of like not enoughness for yes. for us that, you know, I have a son. Seth mm-hmm. is 17. He's going to college literally in like eight days. The countdown has begun. Um, <laughs> the countdown has begun for him where he's like, get me the fuck out of here. The countdown right, for me right. is like, oh my God, get back in my belly. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but we were talking yesterday about, um, you know, him feeling a little anxious about going to school and mm-hmm. going away to college and like not having any friends. And so over the summer, they put all the kids, uh, well, all the kids in each major into these group chats. It's a small school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe like 10, 15 kids in a group, t- in a group chat. Mm. He connected with one in particular who happens to live not far from where he's staying and they wanted to like link up and they yeah. had this big plan. They were going to, you know, he was going to go to his house and stay the night for the weekend and yada, yada. But they kind of forgot to talk to their parents about this plan. <laughs> so the plan was foiled and completely obliterated. <laughs> And he was really upset. And I was like, dude, what? I mean, you didn't mm. check with the parents. Like, y'all still 17. Hold on. You know, like, mm-hmm. so there's still some 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 protocol here. Right, right. But once we started talking, I realized that the reason why he was so eager to make this visit happen the week before they move in was because he didn't want to show oh, up on yeah. campus without somebody, without, mm-hmm. you know, that buddy. And I get that, you know, because first day of right. school... Right. In a new school, there's anxiety there. But with the added layer of, I mean, he's got 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I just want to leave. Wow. And I'm just like, who cares? Right. Is, did he buy those followers? You know, and it, there's a lack of authenticity there. And I exactly. think that exactly. lack of authenticity creates that unrealistic expectation of like, 
perfection mm-hmm. for you to be, you know, this way on social media. And we had an mm-hmm. episode earlier this season where we we're talking about like how much of your social media persona is actually actually you. you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and recognizing that you don't have to share your whole entire life, even though there are some people right. who share their whole entire life on social media. Step by um, step. Mm-hmm. Step by step. What did you eat for cereal and how many times did you go poop? Just let mm-hmm. us know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or there's something that's like, okay, this person's maybe sharing a glimpse. But I think that having, like you said, that ability to kind of create that filtered, literally, filtered mm-hmm. version of version yeah for the public to consume and then when you're actually in spaces with real people yeah. you if you're me just start laughing at dumb shit or almost like <laughs> forget how intelligent i am or forget right. you know that i am that i walk in this world very bold very confident but in this particular space i feel like oh this is a very right. conservative space i need to right. change or like for some people it's when they're around family they're like oh hold on let me not be that person anymore yes and right. I think that the social, the technology obviously has been a big influencer, but the reason why I brought up Black Mirror was because I was talking to my son about that. I was like, dude, imagine if we really had that, like, right, like where she goes to rent the car and she has to rent the shitty car because don't nobody like her. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) People have to like you to get a good car? Is that the word? But it tripped me out because as I was watching it, I was like, okay, Black Mirror. It took me a cool four episodes to figure out what Black Mirror meant in it. You know, the screens on our phones is the Black Mirror. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, ooh, but what if it was like, because the screen on the phone is Black, the mirrors that we're holding up to ourselves are not our actual selves. We can't even see ourselves oh, as if the wow. mirror was actually black. That was, that was, <laughs> can't even see ourselves anymore. I'm like, oh my God. Who am I? Just, you know, recording a podcast, going to have an existential crisis. That's fine. <laughs> Do we have time for that? Great. Wonderful. I know you're like five I'm a, minutes. Great. Five minutes. I, I think I Good thing I have some coping skills. All right. <laughs> I know. I was like, so after this podcast, please contact your therapist for Hilarious. follow up. <laughs> and I'm like, not me, because I'm. No, I'm just Do not contact her because I just need a minute. No, I. I it's, and and look at that though. Look, I do the humor thing too. Yeah. And it's so easy. It's so easy. It's so comfortable. Granted, that's my natural, my natural kind of state of being. Like I'm mm-hmm. a. I'm a jokester. I like to be jovial and light. Like that's kind of who I am. So it's not, you know, but, but I, but yeah, I mean, I, I do that when I'm uncomfortable. I do that when I'm talking about myself too much and when I feel that I am anyway. Yeah. Um, if I get too vulnerable, I, or again, all my perceptions of what that might be. Um, yeah. And I, just, as you were saying, like you walk in this world as a bold person, a confident person, but certain spaces elicit this kind of, I don't know, uncertainty, doubt, anxiety, fear, you know, all those things. And I can, I think everyone can relate to that because I think it goes back to what creates safety for us. Mm. Right. Um, And I think you have some really good points as to why that, that setting may not be safe for you. Right. 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 And I I mean, that's valid. Yeah. And I think it's also like you mentioned with the instant gratification, it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, granted we can read, well, some people can read social cues, you know, mm. and so the you can kind of maybe instantly tell somebody who's mm-hmm. kind of filling the conversation or maybe they're not. And then how do I right. adjust? But a lot of people don't have those mm-hmm. social cue reading abilities, especially yeah. if they're, you know, primarily interacting with people 
right through technology you know right so you right. put them in a space with like actual people and they freeze or mm-hmm. they don't know you know where to begin and that and the ability to sit with discomfort mm-hmm. about you know what I mean because again it's this instant gratification so just any type of like inconvenience yeah. is like oh my god this is so and people are more reactive and well and I mean this is a whole different uh again ones that I won't open but just with social political climate exactly <laughs> da, da, da. Um, but like just where the state of things today yeah. I mean I think it depends on where it's at but just like right now for example I just feel like people are crabby and irritable and it like it feeds into that stuff so the minute you know something again the minor inconvenience it's like ah. um and it's not about that little thing it's about everything underneath oh, it right yeah. it's well, yeah well, it's like everybody, well yeah like you said i mean when you live in a world where children are in cages i mean you know it's kind of hard right. to a little bit act feel like okay that about to feel right. okay about that or to when, just feel okay yeah. women's rights are being reversed like things exactly. these are kind all of, these things all kind of big deals you know and like Huge. i was saying earlier about like just the regular anxieties of like living mm-hmm. in america um, right it's just its own you know its own entity of anxiety and then you add on all the other life stuff like financial mm-hmm. and health and all those other kind of things it's easy to get kind of swallowed up so my yeah. question for you is yeah. how do you stay grounded amidst all of this oh you know it's been a journey <laughs> it's been a big journey <laughs> learning how to how to really cope and do some things because I, I feel like one of my biggest challenges in this work is not bringing it home mm. not allowing it to um bleed into my world you know my and it's it's hard and it I've also had to learn how to accept that there is going to be a bleeding of or a blurred you know because it impacts my worldview like mm. my my work impacts my worldview and I have to do a little bit of work on trying not to see everything through that lens mm-hmm. because it can, you know it, it can of be course. I could be a very cynical person right and thank goodness that's not my natural disposition right. um, and outlook but so I think part of it has been a lot of work around like accepting and like trusting the process. Mm-hmm. I mean that, and that that's huge. I mean, that's just, and it's an ongoing process. I still get challenged by that. Um, but I'm learning how to trust it more and more, even when I feel uncomfortable and I can tell myself like, this is temporary and mm-hmm. we will be okay. Um, I have definitely gone to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not currently going to therapy, but I definitely, and, and I really, the therapeutic relationship is the foundation of everything. And so for people who are listening, if you're <laughs> questioning therapy or, you know, maybe haven't been or what have you, or people who are in therapy and aren't satisfied, I just really try to remind people, you have every right to change your therapist. Please find somebody that feels like a great fit for you, mm-hmm. you know, cause that needs to be that safe space. Um, and so I did, I had to shop around and find somebody and I stuck with her for two years and did some really great work. So that helped me. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing support system that I've built. Um, funny enough, most of my friends are therapists, <laughs> my closest friends. And that's part of the awesome part uh, about my business too, is that, you know, my, my colleagues are also some of my closest friends. Mm. So it's a very positive, it's just every, you know, seeing each other's kids grow and yet you know, doing business together. It's just beautiful. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, so, and it's, yeah. So I have to do a lot of that. I have to do a lot of self-care. I have to, um, 
but it's a lot of it, it's been a lot of like my mentality shifts mm. more than anything mm-hmm. um i think w- one thing you mentioned earlier is kind of when you get into this field of you know wanting to help people and and how um rewarding it can be it's also like sometimes there's that what where's what's enough right, right. like how I'm, i don't feel like i'm helping everyone i don't feel like i'm doing enough i don't feel like i can reach this population xyz and there's always going to be somebody else who needs that help beyond what you're able to do and i think part of what has been my work is recognizing like my capacity and accepting and truly re- like owning that like I have to be in a certain space to be able to help somebody else Mm -hmm. too like I have to help myself I used to think that was really selfish Mm. um and that's partly cultural Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. um and then also being a woman and all those things too right woman of color (laughs) but um there's those things and um Man, I just lost my train of thought because perpetual perpetual tangent. Strike again. Uh, No, it's not. But also, yeah, yeah, like setting. And so, oh, oh, yeah, just kind of going back to like recognizing, like, you know, we're all just one drop in that ocean. So it's like, I'm I'm doing my part. There are other healers around me. There are other healers in the world. Like, it's expanding and we're doing our part and being okay with that. Yeah. No, that's, those are important things to recognize, especially like you said, if we're not, if we weren't necessarily raised and groomed and conditioned to take care of ourselves, um, when we go out into the world to be in service to others, if we're not taking care of ourselves, our service to others is going to be compromised. Absolutely. Automatically. So Mm -hmm. if our intention is to offer, you know, whole, complete, you know, present, intentional service and support to others, then we have to offer that to ourselves first. You know, we have to take the first sip. So thank you for sharing that. We are going to shift gears a little bit before we wrap you all the way up. (laughs) So the next section is what I like to call complete the sentence. So Mm. I'm going to give you a sentence prompt. And again, take up as much or as little space as you like as you complete it. Okay. The first one is, if I could teach the world a lesson, it would be. Mm. That feelings don't have to be scary, that we can communicate about them, and that multiple truths can exist together. Mm. I know I've made an impact when. Mm. I see change. Mm. I want my legacy to be. Mm. Ooh, why is that one hard? <laughs> Damn. I mean, the word that always comes to mind, and I don't know how to complete the sentence necessarily, but my okay. thing that I'm always telling people is I just want to be a safe space. Mm-hmm. I just want to always be known as a safe space um, that I, you know, non judgmental, inclusive, loving, open, accepting space for people because I don't think a lot of people have that Hmm. (laughs) I am happiest when Hmm. when I'm with my loved ones when I'm in nature and when I am having some of my solo travels around the world Mm. I know right (laughs) we gotta catch up about those Mm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I showed myself love today by Showing myself up by, uh, well, I slept in. Yes. I met with a friend, my best friend, and had a great meal. Mm. And spending, yeah, spending the rest of my day with someone I care about. Mm. That's mm-hmm. lovely. So yes. my last question for you is, um, is there a word 
that when you hear it and when you say it makes you feel powerful. Mm. Honestly, woman. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that that feels good and feminist mm. and um, uh, yeah. Those, those just stand out right okay. now. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So the last mm-hmm. thing that I have to offer at the end of each podcast is um, I've been working with this Oracle deck. It's called the Oracle of E. Ooh, and okay. it's a 52 card deck with a little book. And so I just need you to choose a number between one and 52. Mm. 26. 26. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So the message is talking smack (laughs) that small thinking you've been doing get over it there is no reason to compare yourself to others because there is no other like you the only person capable of putting you down is you so all that remains are three little questions why 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 oh all right Mm. received lovely (laughs) there it is (laughs) Well, Got it. then Ajay. <laughs> and... <laughs> well, what end scene. End scene. I mean, I might drop. No. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Well, oh. this was so lovely. Thank you so much for making yeah. the time. I I went out on a, on a limb this year and decided to stretch my invitations out for people that I, whether I met once or mm-hmm. for five minutes that was influenced by. And you were definitely one of those people when I Thank we you. met at Tamara's um, birthday event last year. Oh, yeah. I immediately was like, she's great. I want to talk to her again. <laughs> I had the uh, same thought. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, she's awesome. We must be And friends. you dropped some gems at that brunch that I can't even remember. But I remember being like, oh, my God. Yep, we got to talk. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that our schedules aligned and I'm just yes. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing thank you for sharing thank you. those resources and thank you for just continuing to walk in your purpose to do this work to be a light in the lives of other people I appreciate you so much and I'm glad that I just get to be a witness to you shining your beautiful light. Oh, you're so sweet thank you so much for the opportunity and for reaching out and for doing this too because you're spreading the word about a lot of important shit awesome awesome <laughs> awesome well enjoy the rest of your evening and thank we'll you we'll be in touch soon sounds good okay peace. all right bye-bye Bye. you have a choice of hundreds of podcasts and i appreciate you for choosing this one please take a moment to subscribe share and review this podcast if you like what you've heard check out my first book because i said so simple ways to rewrite your story available on amazon stay connected on social media find me at Keyshawn rains thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new peace and blessings namaste